politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Merry Potoms Up, everybody. How's it going? Fred coming at you with episode 83. Who can believe it's been 83 episodes? Nobs, Blotto, can you believe that? I didn't know if we were going to get past three, let alone 83. <laughs> we did three initially, if you recall. I, I do. <laughs> so you, you thought that was the end of the road? Yeah, we got three and done. All right. Well, here we are at 83. Look at us. Yeah, 83. At, at what point do the episodes equal the number of listeners? <laughs> Maybe when we were at three. <laughs> <laughs> Way to promote. Uh, hey, you know, for those listening, I hope they have the impression that it is, you know, a worldwide audience that reaches tens of thousands every week. And we are welcomed into the homes and into the phones and during the commutes and while people are in their workplace, you know, all across the world. Uh, and they're just, you know, waiting for our gems of wisdom. Especially in Istanbul. Um, and Cleveland. Cleveland and Istanbul. I don't know why, but we're huge in those two markets. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing great. Yeah? Naps? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. This was my, uh, my last day of work before the Christmas break. So a four-day weekend and back for a few days and another four-day weekend. <laughs> you know, even though we have tens of thousands of listeners every week, I know one of them would never be my boss. And <laughs> he sent a note. <laughs> he, he said something the other day on our weekly call, and then he sent a note out. And <laughs> it just made me laugh. He said... Just let him know if any of us plan on taking any time off beyond just our holiday time, uh, you know, that, that the company gives. And it's the pandemic. I mean, like, I'm in my house 24-7. Like, <laughs> why would I ever say I'm going to take a vacation day? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not worth it. It, it. And he is. So he said, you know, I'm officially taking Monday, Tuesday off of next week. And it, it, and it just made me laugh, you know? It's like... It is kind of silly. It, it seems, it's totally silly, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm still going to check emails, you know, and, you know, talk to a few people maybe if they want to pick up the phones during the holidays. Well, I, w I was telling Nobs um, before you, you came on air, Blotto, that uh, today was my last day of work, and 
normally before a holiday, they give us the golden handshake a couple hours early and let us, you know, log out and get out, you know. But we had our morning meeting and they basically told the whole group, eh, we're just giving you guys the day off. No vacation needed. Just log off and get out. So today was supposed to be a day of work for me, but it turned out to be a freebie. So I, I won't be back to work till January 3rd or 4th, whatever it is. So Yeah, good. Yeah, it's all good. I got an early start. Totally bummed, though. We went to the Polish market over in the... They had no croissants this morning. Oh, that, no. is a, that is a tradition for this family, this household. Polish market to get our kielbasa and sauerkraut fixings. And they have the best croissants on the planet. They had none. So, were they sold out? Were you just... Yeah, they were sold make- out. We got there like a half an hour later than we normally do. And man, gone. So bummed. So anyways, but I, but I didn't have to work today. So I guess it all evens out. You win some, you lose some. Yep. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. So. 83. Do you guys want to hear about the year of 83? The year of 83. Let's yeah. have it. Well, it sort of, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened to be the year I joined the Air Force, too. So to me, it's sort of an interesting year. Life changed quite a bit. <laughs> okay. Well, there were no really good deaths in 1983. You know, nothing that really jumped out at me, at least. I didn't recognize who these people were. It was mostly the, the stuff that caught my eye was releases. And I, ha- I have one release sort of for each one of you guys. Um, the first one was David Bowie's release of Let's Dance, which turned out to be Bowie's biggest commercial success. But the reason I say this is towards you, Blotto, is the SRV. I was going to say, you're not, you're not going to let me jump in there? Oh, and... I, I told you I had one for each of you. I know, so. but, you know, I like to, to, to show off my musical prowess sometimes. And not everyone knows that he was the musician. And he was supposed to be on the tour as well. Say who it is, because we just use the acronym. Uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, but... There's a. I just finished reading his um, uh, his latest released biography by you know people on the inside. Great biography, um, and uh, basically they he they got to the airport and then turned around. <laughs> he got to the airport and then turned around. That was to go on the tour, right? Yep, to go on the tour. Left Bowie standing at the altar. <laughs> and what was the reason for that? I mean, I know what it was, but tell tell the tens of thousands of fans. What well, it, it it was it, it was a matter of scale and and price is kind of what was publicized. Is is that what you're understanding as well? Yeah, and plus being a little bit of a diva, not Stevie. No, yeah, but but really, it was also. Um, uh, he really felt like this wasn't the best career move for him. And, um, you know, that uh, um, he wasn't really going to be able to showcase his talents. And so, you know, there, there, there are 
kind of the the business side of it, and then there was also kind of just his maybe not really comfortableness comfortable with it, mm-hmm. as the book tells it. Okay, you know the the band was cool with it. You know they were totally supportive. They figured that he'd be coming back. You know I am a huge fan of both musicians, and I, I still find it difficult on the mix. Um, when he when he went to audition, <laughs> and 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 Bowie and his team fell all over Steve Ray Vaughan because they'd seen him before, and then uh, like in Montreux or something, and then you know Bowie's putting together this album, and he says, "Hey, I want to get Steve Ray Vaughan," and so then he had to bring him in, and uh, so he goes back to Texas to see if they're actually going to offer him the gig. And he says, the band asked him, you know, how'd it go? And he just says, I just sprayed a little um, Albert King all, all over the place. <laughs> he goes, I just, I just sprayed Albert King all over the place and they loved it. <laughs> you know, what, what's funny to me about Bowie wanting a guy like Stevie Ray Vaughan is obviously Bowie knows enough to recognize a savant musician, right? Mm-hmm. But knowing what he's a savant at, why would Bowie think that was going to work in his world? Because guitars aren't the important thing in Bowie's world, not like in Stevie Ray Vaughan's world. You know what I'm saying? No, but um, but... But Bowie has always surrounded himself with top-notch guitarists as well. So, so even though we don't look at Bowie's music as being guitar-centric, um, he he definitely understands the value of having, um, uh, you know, someone that's kind of you know at the top of their game in, in that slot. Um, so he called Adrian Ballou. Um, uh, who was going to meet the band uh, at the gig. I, th- I think their first gig in London or something like that. And he knew that Baloo could just jump right in, um, knew some of the hits and uh, would be able to play along with the, with the new stuff uh, without missing a beat. And, and that was one of the tours that I saw when I saw Bowie. Um, I saw him like three times. Uh, I, I know one of the times I saw him, Adrian Baloo was on, uh, on guitar. Adrian Ballou and the Bears. And then there was also, well, hold on. There was also Earl Slick. Oh, really? So I think it was Earl Slick who, who he called, not Adrian Ballou. Yes, it was Earl Slick who called to replace. But I also saw, I, I saw Bowie with both Earl Slick and Adrian Ballou. Check you out. Yeah. Right. yeah. See, I picked the, picked the right release. Got a good information dump out of you. Nice. <laughs> I just Anything saw Earl Slick recently. He he played with uh, um, Mata Hoople on their like comeback tour. He was awesome. Mm. You he didn't really mention back when you went. You didn't mention that. What do you mean? That you saw him. I know you saw Mata Hoople, but you you didn't mention Earl Slick had played with them when you saw them. Oh, oh, yeah, just like what uh, two years ago or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Earl Slick was their guitarist there. Yeah, yeah, cool. 
Nice input. Appreciate it. Okay. The, the next release is for knobs. I Give believe, it to me. I believe it's called Kill 'em All. Sound familiar? I'm very familiar. Metallica's first raw album. Yay! <laughs> All right, knobs. Your turn for information dump. <laughs> no, I, I can't uh, compare to that whatsoever. Uh, no, Metallica is one of my absolute favorite bands. And I will say that Kill 'em All is. For their earlier stuff, one of the, the weaker releases, to be honest. A few really good songs, but not uh, a classic like Master of Puppets is to me. I don't have okay. any facts. That's okay. That's all right. I, I, I knew you would light up to it, so that, I was just ex- excited I found something that was just knob-centric. I've been so. waiting like five episodes for today. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> is Fred gonna say it? Well, heck yeah! You did not disappoint. All right, nice. Okay, and then the, the third release is sort of a blotto in my release, but uh, in September of 1983, Kiss appeared for the first time on MTV without their without face paint. Yeah. Without the paint. And they were simultaneously releasing the album Lick It Up. Mm. Yay. So <laughs> I always think of that Tiger Stadium uh, concert we went to see and we all painted our faces. And you were still living in Berkeley then, weren't you? There's a photo of the four of us in front of the Berkeley house. Yep, that it was Berkeley. Yep. On my birthday. That's right. That's right. 28 June. Yeah, buddy. So so that's 1983, guys. Uh, and also Bob Dylan's Infidels also was released in 1983. Okay. I believe you. All right. I'm parched as hell after all that. So who's turn, who, whose turn for the beer tonight? It was mine. Leto, take it away. All right. Uh, first up is the Bell's Bright White Belgian-inspired wheat ale. We don't always think of Belgian wheats as being uh, winter ales, but that's the way they promote this one. Um, It says here, uh, a bright and refreshing alternative to darker beer styles, this Belgian-inspired wheat ale has a mix of clove and fruity aromas. Um, Dell's out of Comstock, 5% by volume, uh, shelf life, six months. So that's what I can tell you, uh, what's on the can. Did you, did you notice they were scolding Puerto Rico on this can? So I was gonna, I was gonna wait till we started drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> 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 do it. <laughs> It says on the can with no punctuation, Puerto Rico, do not litter. (laughs) Don't throw those paper towels that Trump gave you on the ground. Puerto Rico, do not litter. (laughs) Right right by all the deposit refunds. Yeah. Well, it's actually not that close. It's, it's, it. it, Oh, you have a can, though, right? It's a miss. 
You have a can, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you guys that. I have a bottle, and it's right next to it. Okay, like so it. I, I was going to ask you guys if you'd purchased a bottle of the can because the Kroger that I was at offered both. And I thought that was a little bit unique that they offer both, especially since the Kroger Craft Michigan beer selection sucks. Yeah, usually. Yeah. And I know some of those thousands of listeners work for Kroger management. Fix it. I don't recall if there were bottles or not at the Kroger I went to. I saw a six pack or four pack of cans and then a 12 pack of cans, but I don't recall seeing bottles. The bottles were $8.99. The cans were $6.99. Six bottles were cans. Mm -hmm. Huh. Huh. Uh, Anyway, um, pouring it up, uh, a hazy wheat ale. Lots of tiny bubbles. Uh, I I had a little head, but it's gone away. Very dry finish. Woo! Ooh, it like yeah, evaporate. Right. It evaporates. Um, it, it is a, a a dry kind of beer. That's very dry. Um, you know, cloves and fruitiness. I don't know, maybe. Almost zero aroma. I mean, it, it's it's a fine wheat beer so far. Uh, you know, I know I'm going to, you know, do the mental gyrations of, is it meh because it's not remarkable, or is it still, you know, a for me because it's a good beer? So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, it's 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 beyond, it's, it's not a not for me. I didn't want to use the double negative, but. <laughs> so it's either going to be meh or for me, uh but it is a, a pretty basic Belgian wheat beer. What do you think of it, Nobs? I think it's just a basic beer overall. Not even, not even just a basic Belgian. Could be a little wheatier. I think so. It could be a, a little bit more more of everything. Yeah. Nothing there. Look how I mean, clear it is, too. Well, mine's pretty hazy. I wouldn't say it's clear. Only five percent. <laughs> well, what do you think a Belgian wheat is going to be? But you're just you're just checking all the boxes right now. It's it's just bad. <laughs> you need to crank everything up by about thirty percent. Yeah, <laughs> across the board. See, I, I, that's where that's where we're going to, you know, differ here. Because you're looking for remarkable to say that it's a, a for you beer. Well, yeah, a for me beer is supposed to be one that I buy again. Like that's the bare minimal no, for me. I, I don't, I don't know that that is. I mean, that's always, I mean. you know, I, I look at that more as the not for me beer than than the criteria. I would not buy it again because it's bad. Sometimes I, I, I still might buy, you know, Oberon over this, right? Who wouldn't? Yeah, I would buy Oberon over this for sure. But, but, but I have a hard time saying that it's a not-for-me beer. 
Well, I would say in the world of wheat ales, the ones that we have tried, this is towards the bottom. Mm. So, we, so we have some context. I, I would say this is towards the bottom. I don't like that super dry finish on it. It's okay, but uh, yeah, no. basic. Well, yeah, basic. And, and I kind of figured it would be. What I am a little curious about is what is the difference between this and the winter white? Now, you said we had that one before, right? right? Yeah. I wonder if this being a bright white and we did the winter white from Bells. I wonder if this is like a stripped down light version of that. And maybe that's what we're running into here. You know, it's kind of leaving us a little bit, well, at least two out of three of us a little bit empty. Or, <laughs> or maybe there's no difference at all. It's the same beer. It is the same beer. Hmm. So, it's re so, so, so this does make it a repeat. <laughs> so they said a rebranding on it. You're saying? I I I I just googled it. Oh, some uh, bitch, some bitch. <laughs> Isn't Bell's like the brewery of eternity, and they did this to us? Uh, the recipe hasn't changed. It's still fermented with the Belgian yeast strain, yielding a mix of clove and fruity aromas, but the beer has been rebranded as Bright White, according to the press release from the brewery. We did not get a copy of that. It's an easy drink in the long list of stouts traditionally released in the winter months, Bell said. So why would they... First of all, I, I think winter white... Is it is a more appealing name? Uh, I I I think when I looked back, and I was you and I were meh, maybe. Uh, no, I have it, I have it right here. Uh, Fred was meh, and you and I were for me. Okay. <clears throat> How things have changed in a couple of years. <laughs> After 160 beers. Anyway, I was a little afraid of that. Because I looked at the marketing, the can, and I thought, man, this looks a lot like Winter White, but maybe they've changed the recipe and they've done something. And I said, I hope they just didn't rebrand re it. I think I even said in the chat, didn't we do this one before? Well, and I said we did the Winter White. Yeah. But and it turns I out that... And, 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 and I... It, it, I really didn't think that Bells would just do that. Like, why do that? In fact, I thought Winter White had a fair amount of attraction to it. I, I you know, I've, I've seen that many places. I've seen it on tap. I've known other people to drink it. And 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 you would have gone through life thinking that you liked Winter White. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And now they've rebranded it, and you don't like it anymore. Well, he now has a trained tongue, though. 
Whoa. Whoa. Back, back then, he, he might have been just like a newbie. Uh, well, anyway, so that's very, rather disappointing. Hmm. That that's what they decided to do. Bells, bells, bells. Why, why for have you forsaken us? Uh, I would say this about the Kroger selection. And uh, <laughs> once again, we can bring it up, but. Back to Kroger. They really seem to be uh, in bed with founders. Like their craft beer selection sucked except for founders. Well, that shouldn't surprise you either. <laughs> I don't look at Kroger as being an evil corporation. <laughs> They're just a grocery store. All right. Well, so what we're saying is that Bell's brewed a basic Belgian beer. Is that correct? Before, yeah. and then they just put it in a new label. And Are a cute Puerto Rico of littering. Oh, yeah. They accuse the Puerto Ricans of littering. <laughs> I think I may keep this can just for that. <laughs> Is Puerto Rico known for littering? Well, they got a lot of paper towels down there. You know that, right? Uh, only after yeah. hurricanes, I guess. I don't know. Well, when you lose three, 4,000 people, you, you make it up in paper towels. That's the way it works. All right. Well, we'll circle back on the beer if we need to. <laughs> Doesn't sound like we need to. But okay. Pressing on. Uh, so we we did uh, we did miss a week, and I, I I know the hundreds of thousands were disappointed. Um, but we still you know want to keep it current, right? Yep. And. Uh, so I think we got to look at kind of, you know, what has happened most recently in politics. Um, and, you know, I, I know, Fred, you've been following this pretty closely, and so have I. And, and I've also been following it from, from the Trumpster point of view, um, which has been really pretty non-existent because I think – it's hard to justify it even when you're in the cult. And and, and that is this rash of par uh, pardons. Hang on. What? Trump just pardoned Paul Manafort. And oh. son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we knew that was going to happen. Yep, it was just a matter of time. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it, no, that was uh, that that that's big, you know. Let you me just right. pardon Martin Scarelli. You know, farmer bro. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. The little punk. <laughs> yeah. Took me a second. I knew the name, but it took me a second. Although, do you think he's going to pardon his lackey? Uh, uh, what's his face? Kushner? No. Who's yeah, that? He's still sitting in jail. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Michael Cohen. Cohen. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, he he didn't follow the uh, loyalty oath. No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. Oh, Cohen, there's Cohen no way. Bad mouthed him so much. He's not getting a part of. Cohen's think, the only do, one do, that's actually going to pay a price. Do you think Cohen wishes he had towed the line? Not really. I, I kind of take him at his word that he was he was trying to come to Jesus, small J, and and yeah, and looking for some repentance. I, I do. I I don't know why. Maybe I'm a fool, but I I, I kind of picked up the vibe off of him that he he was trying to make it right, so the rest of his life could be somewhat decent. <laughs> so I, I mean this. This, this group of pardons and, and overall his pardon history, it, you know, is this, is, is this something that we need to address in the future? Hell yes. Abs absolutely, I believe it needs to be addressed. Okay, it is in the Constitution. I know that. And we're not going to change the Constitution. But... You know what else is in the Constitution? The president has to up, uphold laws, and bribery is a law. Well, and you can say that about any pardon. Then I mean, you would, that, I, I mean, the the, the 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 pardon was was meant to, at least the way the Supreme Court interpreted it, right, was to kind of undo what appeared to be unjust prosecution, persecution, sentencing, whatever. But but it wasn't meant to uh, set innocent people free either. We, you know, unjust meant maybe harsh sentencing or not taking into account mitigating circumstances or whatever. Because, you know, if people are put in jail unjustly, and they're innocent, that's another matter, right? And sometimes that's what pardon, you know, pardons do have to fix that if you have prosecutors that refuse to look at actual evidence. But, so, you know, the, the founders put it in there, and I haven't read an, enough about really why. But I, but I, but I don't think that's, I don't think your re, your rationale for getting rid of the pardon on just the base of your on the basis of your trying to uphold rule of law is a good enough reason to change pardon rules, Fred. No, I, I wasn't saying that That's kind of why I, why they should get rid of it necessarily. No, 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 not get rid of it, but change. I you know, I said change the rules. Well, they don't have to change the rule if you just go back to the, the the main thing the president of the United States is supposed to do is uphold the laws of our country. And when you use a pardon to bribe people to keep their mouth shut, you're, you're not upholding the laws of the country. Yeah, it but has you, not, it has nothing you can to say that about anybody. If, if, if Obama pardons drug offenders... You know, he's not upholding the laws that were in place at the time the drug offender was sentenced. But the, their sentence might have been way overboard. There, there might be a reason why 
he might pardon a drug abuser. Right. They might have got 20 years for a, a dime bag. What, what, what I want to kind of come around to is maybe it's not about upholding the law, okay? Because, again, that, that to me says, okay, you, you know, there's no reason to have pardons whatsoever, okay? But but maybe, I don't, and I don't know if there's legislation that can uh, withstand constitutional scrutiny, Um where you said, you know, presidents cannot pardon people that were involved directly within crimes or investigations that included the office of the presidency. Or, you know, maybe they have to go through some sort of vetting process. It's funny you mentioned that. A, a tradition of pardons is normally you would have to run the DOJ. He hasn't been doing that. Okay, but but the, here's the problem. Here's the here's here's the fucking problem with the whole goddamn last four years. That was something that people abided by because it was right, not because it was the fucking law, not because it was a matter of you know not being allowed to do it. And so Trump says, look, I don't need to run this shit through the DOJ, so I'm not. That's that right there. That that's the problem. Either we make it the law or we don't make it the law. Kind of like the Hatch Act or any number of things that you know, you know, uh uh nepotism, you know, inside the the Oval Office. Whatever it is, we either Trump has proven that the norms of decent democratic behavior are not enough. We, we, they, they need to be codified in a way that gives no wiggle room. Right. So, you know, fact, yeah, other, and, and I don't know how, I, I think there were a couple of instances, maybe out of Obama's pardons, and, and you know, he, he had. I don't know if it was 1,700 or not. There was a lot. But most of them were, were drug offenses and, and and commuting, you know, drug sentencing because, uh, you know. They, they were excessive. The what? The, the sentences were excessive in a lot of cases. So Yeah, it, had, it has more to do with racial inequality. Um, right, exactly. Than the, than the, the actual uh, uh, crimes that they committed. Um but you know, there's probably a couple within Obama's term that he went against what the DOJ or didn't worry about what the DOJ recommended. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't I heard be another, surprised. Pardon me. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Or I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, and uh, they, they mentioned there was there was one I think by Bush, um, uh, and and the guy you know, was a corrupt uh, lobbyist, uh, uh, Mark Rich, maybe something like that. No, that was Clinton. Oh, Clinton. Right. Right. Clinton was rich. Yep. Um, you know, and, and, and those are the outliers, but we still felt like the institution of the pardon was still something that was not overly abused, right? Occasionally abused, not overly abused, but yeah. I think that's a safe way of saying that each president that did it 
probably cross the line a little bit on one, possibly two pardons, but nothing like this. <laughs> Up until these pardons yesterday, 88% of the pardons or commutations that the dumbass has decreed have been basically in his best interest. <laughs> 88% of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's not for mercy. It's not for unjust sentences. It's to help Uncle Donnie. Um, yeah, but we're not surprised, right? No. Fuck I mean, no. when he took office and there was talk of how he might use pardon power, this is exactly what people feared. Last night I was watching uh, Rachel and she had Andrew Weissman on. You know who he is, right? He's one of Mueller's top guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy, yeah. <clears throat> he yeah, made they, a... They tried to drag him around for a while through the mud. Yeah, they did. Yep. Well, he made a point that if Trump in, in his ilk can get along with pardoning peoples like Papadopoulos and um, what was that Van Schwanderluger or whatever that lawyer. Oh, yeah, yeah. These guys involved in the, um, Russia. the Russia thing. Mm -hmm. Basically, if he is not called out on those and somehow stopped on those, you basically are nullifying the effect or even the need for anybody involved in a special counsel investigation because of the president, of the, of the of, president. Of the, of the president because they they can just pardon all the people that could possibly have information about them so what's it it, acts, it nullifies that completely okay so how come the founders didn't think of this because they never thought of the dumbass they couldn't picture the, a country so stupid oh, come on. That, they, that they would i, I, I mean really i i they were very smart. I mean, maybe they just thought it was getting too much into the weeds that they weren't going to go there and just, you know, handle these things as they came, you know, as they came about. But they certainly believed they they certainly believed and in their time even had seen lots of corruption. So to think that the president was going to be above corruption, I I don't think that they ever believed that. That's why we have the second amendment, you know. Second Amendment says he can do what he wants. And then we shoot him because we have, you know, people have, no, no, that's not why. But, but, um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. The, the more I think about it, just the whole idea of the, of the pardon power is kind of weird to me. And, you know, maybe I ought to not be so freaking lazy and read up on, on it a little bit more. I sure know a lot about the Second Amendment. Do you? I actually do, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm game. <laughs> Fill that in somewhere. So, so speaking of pardons, now, okay, so now we got Manafort out of the way. So now we've got his kids and Kushner and Rudy. So how how is this supposed to work? When you do a preemptive 
pardon. I mean, well, do, do we get to? Do we have to define which laws they can break and which they can't? So, is Rudy, can Rudy go out and shoot Joe Biden and be pardoned for that? I'm just curious. I, I, I think I think if he does preemptive pardons, uh, in a I don't say in a massive way, but in, in a in a in a way that covers a number of his associates or family members, um, I th- I think you'll see them challenged in a court of law. What's going to be what's going to be difficult is who has the standing. Well, you know, if, if if he wants to issue a blanket pardon for, you know, his kids or Rudy or even himself, given that no no crimes have been charged yet, who has the standing? To I challenge? don't under I don't understand how you can pardon someone who hasn't been charged yet. I, I no, I call me a simpleton, but I I don't quite get that. But, but here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. I, I, we agree on that one hundred percent, and it shouldn't be allowed. And that's not that's certainly not what the pardon power was. Well, they don't say preemptive pardoning. They say right. pardoning or commutation. Does it? So, huh? so we have to work from the. We have to we have to work from the you know, from the start that says he does it. Let's say Trump does issue preemptive pardons. No, he's going now to. Now what do we do? I don't think that's, any that's, of it gets challenged in, until some charges are brought against them. I think he's going to be able to do preemptive pardons and they'll just sit out there stinking like a, a fart that won't leave a room. And, and until they're charged with something then the courts will get involved and we'll see if, if, if those stand or they fall. Well, okay. He's going to do it. You know what though? I don't like, I I don't, I don't like the way that works. I don't like that process because our, our prosecutor is going to be less likely to bring charges when someone's got a preemptive pardon and they're going to be thinking, okay, I've got this to overcome. I got to go to the freaking Supreme court to, to, to even bring charges? Well, it's like the whole Rudy Giuliani thing where the, the feds have broadcasted that they want to get at his email, his phones, his computers, and all that crap. W- what's the point if the dude's going to get a pardon? <laughs> Why are they wasting their time? I think that's what you're saying, right? Not exactly. Not exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I think it is. An investigation is different than, than, than a prosecution. Like Investigators should investigate regardless. You know, it, it'll come down to the prosecution. And by the time they're ready to charge Rudy with something, I, I, I think Biden will be in office. Knock on. <laughs> right? I... I, I you know these investigations take a while, and if and if you're a serious lawman, like Marshall Dillon, and and you're <laughs> Chuck Connors, and uh, you're <laughs> Gunsmoke, uh, Rifleman, yeah, um, he sure used his Second Amendment rights, didn't he? Yeah, you saw that big ring he had on that repeater. 
<laughs> in the opening of that show. Um, we might talk about that about later. That show. Believe what it or was, not. What was that, Nobs? I've actually seen that show. I know what you're talking Woo-hoo! about. Yeah. Our boy's grown up. His oh, son's boy. name is Mark. <laughs> pa. Anyway. Um, I, <laughs> I forgot where we were, but... Uh, we were talking about Rudy, preemptive. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I'm just more worried about the, the the prosecutor that says I'm not going to bother because of this thing. Well, that's that sort of was my point. We're in agreement for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I, we were talking about the timeline, so. You know the serious law man. You know he he's he's looking at the timeline of this. It's like, well, why would I bring charges against Rudy now when I when I know the president is going to pardon him? So I'll just wait until after January twentieth. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, I I don't expect. But if he does a pre, I, I don't expect pardon. any of these charges against him or his kid to come forward until after he's president. You know, well, I don't even expect him to get thrown in Twitter jail until after he's president. <laughs> All right. Do, do you even entertain the possibility that dumbass will um, resign a day or two before and let Pencil Neck do a preemptive pardon on him so that when Biden takes office that supposedly they can't do anything to him federally? I, I, that's a good question. For, I, that still that still um, you know brings into question the legality of uh, and, um, of the preemptive pardon either way whether whether Trump does it or whether Pence does it. I, I don't understand how something like that could work because that would essentially say that who's ever getting the preemptive pardon is above the law because we're giving them a get-out-of-jail card for any and all crimes they may have done or plan on doing going forward, which would include murder. No, um, it, it, it does. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's crazy to think about, and, and you know, that's why I'm kind of repeating myself. I, I just don't understand how this was, that this was missed by the founders. So I have a question so, and, and, about and, and, how artists work, if I may. What? I have a question about how pardons work. Okay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but accepting a pardon, doesn't that mean you also admit to the crime? Yes. N- okay, here's the, here's the thing. All right. Look at you the lose your phone phone phone. No, okay, the Supreme Court has ruled that. Okay, and I and I just had to go back and forth with some maggot on on Breitbart about this and show them the Supreme Court ruling. But what if they don't? Like, like Papadopoulos is out there right now already shooting his mouth off, saying that he was unjustly prosecuted. Yeah, those 14 days in jail, how did you manage? 
Papadopoulos, you little. But what I'm saying is, 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 is he's accepting the pardon, okay? But he's not being contrite, right? So, what what you said in terms of the norm, and the Supreme Court has backed that norm up. But when you, you know, give your middle finger to the norm, Roger Stone did that. Roger Stone said, "I'm not admitting to anything." I, I, I've got my pardon. It just means that I, I, they were, you know, it was a witch hunt coming after me. So the reason I ask it is because if accepting a pardon is essentially an admission of guilt, how can you admit to guilt of something that you haven't been charged with? Because it's not an admission of guilt anymore because old dumbass has broken that norm again because he could, because that norm was not held up by statute. That norm was not held up by laws. And any time, and we've seen it over and over again with dumbass, if there isn't a law that, you know, strictly forbids something, he doesn't. He doesn't give a shit when there are no consequences. And even if there's a law, he doesn't give a shit. There has to be consequences to that law. And there's no consequences because of the GOP. Um, I, I, I mean, in, in Congress in general, mm-hmm. Fred. I mean, I mean, it's just you, you know, they they don't want to police themselves. I mean, I'm, ju- I'm just know, saying that the Democrats would go after him on a lot more. Okay, if they felt that they had any backing from the GOP but, Senate, but they don't. Okay, maybe. I give a big fat maybe on that. And here's 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 why. I, I say maybe. Let's say the Democrats come into power. And let's say maybe they don't. Like maybe they, they don't get they don't win the Senate. Okay. But are they going to work with Republicans to start passing anti corruption laws to put proper safeguards in place? on the executive branch and on their own branch. So these things don't happen. You know, are you saying, are you asking if they're going to enact a arms long list of new Trump laws? Yep. No. If, If they have no, if they don't control the Senate, how, how could they even expect to? Well, I, I think that that you know the the, the majorities are thin, right? But I, I don't expect them to. But 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 I'm saying the majorities are thin, and you should be able to pluck off the idea if you have the right messaging that these are anti-corruption laws. But you but you're you're operating under the hold on. The, but I'm saying, Fred. What I'm saying also though is even if even if the Democrats control all three branches, would they do it? See, I'm still not, I'm still not certain that they are. I mean, is, is, is Washington a year from now going to look at Trump as a one-off because they're really short-sighted. I mean, honest to God, you know, most of these politicians have, you know, the memory span of a goldfish because that's convenient for them. 
I mean, you know, look, look at Lindsey Graham's a classic example of, you, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't at all ever seem to have to uh, justify what he said yesterday, ever. But, you know, th there needs to be more safeguards in place. And I'm not, I'm not 100% comfortable that the Democrats would do it if they had all three branches. I feel like they certainly wouldn't go far enough. They might kind of dance around it a little bit. You know? Yeah, ramble around the edges to make yeah. it look good. Like, for instance, for instance, okay, if the Democrats got into power, should they, you know, pass a law that says uh, Supreme Court justices need supermajority? You know, should they put it in law instead of a, a, a rule that says, you know, um, you know, senators from uh, from the from from the state of that uh, nominee can, uh, you know, single handedly filibuster. Should they put a law into effect that says uh, that has real teeth to it, that says you can only have acting cabinet members? for 90 days and then after that they lose their power to to run the to run those organizations i mean i mean those are just are, are just some of the ideas and and you know o over time i have a a, a pretty long list <laughs> of, i think things that, 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 that are not following a lot of things on that list too though Say that again, Nobs. It kind of broke up. There needs to be repercussions for not following some of this stuff, though. I think that's where a lot of it falls flat. No, exactly. Like, like subpoenas. You're supposed to follow a subpoena, but what happens if you don't? No, it, well, perfect example again. Perfect, perfect example. And, and that is, you know, should subpoena, congressional subpoenas really have teeth to them? I think so. So they don't they don't have to go through, you know, all kinds of other legislative and judicial proceedings to, you know, get somebody locked up who decides that they don't need to abide by a subpoena. It, it's a long list. And so my question to you, Fred, is if Democrats had the power, would they do these things? I would like to think so, but I know the real answer. <laughs> I, I, that, that is my fear as well. I, I, and, and I also think that they could press for these things even if they have, uh, you know, thin majority. I, I, you know, if, if, if I'm just being repetitive now, but if the messaging is right, and you get the people behind it, I really believe that you could um, get enough pressure for these kinds of reforms. If you can get you the don't, people. You don't, need, you don't need the super majorities to get these things done. If you can get the people behind it, but you've got that 72 million of those people out there that are not going to back any of that. Well, okay, it would be interesting, okay? 
it would be interesting to to say to the 72 million, do you think Congress should pass a law that says if you don't abide by a congressional subpoena, you go to jail? They'll, they'll have their Trump filters on, though, because that's the way they view so all you, this you, stuff. So they you, won't look at it as a, a, a logical... Um, based thing. I don't think they'll look at it the way you're thinking because they're not very bright. Well, okay. Twist so my I, arm. I think they'll say, of course they should. Like, <laughs> this is, here's a great example, and I'm going to pivot a little bit here. We'll talk about the COVID bill, right? Pivot. Yep, go. But, <laughs> Here's a classic example of how they're absolutely unable to think for themselves. When the COVID bill first came out, they were all dogging it. Not because the president didn't like it. Because it was just open up the economy. Jobs are what they need, not 600 bucks. Jobs are what they need, not 600 bucks. Restaurants need to open, you know, COVID is a hoax, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, was all, that was the party line. And now Trump comes along and says, give $2,000 instead of $6,000. And now they're all saying, $2,000, we need more relief. <laughs> and 4000 for a couple. Whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's comical. It's absolutely comical to see how quickly they will change when they all of a sudden hear from Dear Leader. Well, Dear Leader is telling them that Congress is not giving them enough. Where's he been for nine months? He wasn't even involved in any of this, any of these negotiations the last month. Nothing. Well, that's my problem with, of course, his position now. Because I don't know about you, Fred. I don't know about you, Nobs. But I do agree with with dumbass in this one particular case. And that is, I think the bill's a bunch of bullshit. It's one of the few times he's actually said something I agree with. And I, I just, the way he's gone about it is typical Trumpian. And that's all fucked up. Like that, the way he's gone about it is 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 just as harmful as the bill itself. Harmful. I mean, he was in there negotiating. He could have opened his mouth up a long time ago. He oh, he's too busy pouting. Yeah. Well, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, he's but, got no time for this. But the but the but the bill is bad. It's a bad bill. It's awful. Yeah, I agree. There's way too much miscellaneous spending in there and random other assorted bullshit. And, and, and the reason for that, the reason for that is it just goes to show how dysfunctional an organization Congress is. Because these are all things that need to be passed, but they don't pass anything. They don't fucking do a goddamn thing in that body. They don't do anything. And I maybe maybe the Democrats will do more. We know when when Obama had the Congress for two years, you know they did pass the ACA, but they, they man they 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 used every bit of capital they had. They paid for it in 2012, and 
you know, and they gave the Republicans everything they wanted and they still paid for it in 2012. So, you know, should have they done more in, in, in between 20, 2008 and 2010? Of course they should have done more. But they, they, they didn't. And I don't really have any faith that that would really change. So I, I still look at Congress as being a failed institution. And when you see this bill, all of a sudden things like, you know, educational money for Afghanistan and increasing the tax deduction for the, you know, Tree Marthrini lunch and all this other shit that they put in there. It's because now they're like, oh, a bill that is actually has a chance of passing. So let's load all this other crap in because we don't think these things will pass unless we tag them on to something that has to pass. And so they didn't write this 5,500 page bill in a week. They just took chapters out of different bills they had sitting around and loaded them on top. You know, you would think it's 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 disgusting, and I and I know it, it it's pure gobbledygook that I'm going to say right now. You would think, in the case of the the COVID release bill, they would keep it as stripped down stripped down as possible possible the main bullet points that need to be addressed and just deal with that, but. They can't. Which would be small restaurant relief, yes. Yes, wh- whatever. <laughs> you know. That's, that's, all, that's all it needs in there. Restaurant relief. Small business restaurant relief. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but you're right. You, 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 in fact, you and I probably thought when they were talking about the, 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 the second COVID relief bill, that it was this stripped down thing, right? That it was basically to address, you, you know, the, the people, the individuals that are hurting and the businesses that are hurting. And, you know, we knew there was going to be shit in there for the corporations and whatnot. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean and now it's kind of like, wow, was I naive to think that that's what they were actually going to do. Well, the, the number of pages should tell you how effed up this thing is. <laughs> Anything that is approaching 6,000 pages for some simple, poignant points, mm-hmm. it should tell you that it's a mess. You don't and, even have to read it all. It's a mess. <laughs> and, and so because, okay, so, so should Trump veto it? Trump should resign. Yeah. That's, that's what I believe. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and make that statement right here and right now at 103 and 52 seconds, and he should resign. Fred, I think you made that statement on uh, episode three, actually. <laughs> Is that when we had that white beer? It was, actually, it was episode four. We did make it to four. four. We had the, the winner white. Oh, the four? Okay. I mean, I mean Biden, Biden has said he supports the bill. He's senile, right? Well, no, no, no. The, the the reason people are supporting the bill is because they do want to get help. They, they, you know, he he he's saying that it's a first step, and and he wants to do more, which is even down payment, right? Point in time. So that's 
you know, you can't prove a negative. Like, you know, we don't know that that's not what he really believes. So, okay, I give him, you know, his word at. And he also knows how Washington works. And all these other little pieces of legislation that have been sitting around on these desks, which are never going anywhere because, you know, either partisan bickering or because they're bad, like the uh, the, the businessman luncheon thing. Um, you know, in fact, once that passes, I got to make sure I'm going back to my company and saying, why are we on per diem? God damn it. <laughs> you, you get, I, I can have Dom Perry on for, for lunch and you get to write off a hundred percent of it. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, so I, you know, I, he understands the way that, that Congress works and is like, okay, it's going to get all this crap put in it. And, and then we'll go for something better later if we need more than 600 bucks. You know, I mean, I guess that's why Biden's supporting it. But, um, it, you know, AOC said she was going to vote for it. And she said, you know, she ha- she, she she can't read it. She, she can't read 6,000 pages in three nights. And she doesn't know everything that's in it. But she's going to vote for it. I mean, they're, they're almost hamstrung the way this is done. It's just it's just horrible. So do they just want this smaller number passed so that once Biden is president, they can? They just new- they just want something passed that's going to help it. it. Hmm. They they want something passed. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I was saying. Is that they they came to some kind of agreement with the GOP. They want something passed so they can at least start helping the people. I don't think 600 bucks is going to help many people more than a night or two. But okay, they're doing something. And, and, and like Blotto said, they're looking at it as a down payment until Biden can, can get in there and hopefully do something better. Who knows? I, I think that's even, you know, kind of blowing smoke up our asses. We like that, right? Don't I mean, we? I, we must. I, like we I, 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 I really think that it's it's more about just saying you did something, not not even the buying of time to get something better. I, I you know, in, in that respect, most politicians I don't trust. You know, give me a positive vote on a on a on a thing that has overwhelming support um, from my constituency, and I got. You know, that's what I'm running on next time that I voted yes. Let me ask you this, Blotto. So why do you think the dumbass did what he did? Coming out and in, in saying, nah, it's not enough. It, you know, you're insulting these people. It should be 2000 a person, 4000 yeah, no, That's a good question. I, I, I but think why, why do you think he did it, though? What, what do you think he did it for? Think about it. Um, I, I think... It kind of goes to playing to his base. His base didn't care about this. His base, his base was not asking for this. But what does his base get out of that? So, so, so now you go from six hundred to two thousand, and he says it, and now the base is like, "Hey, that's a lot better." I'll, I, that, I'm behind it now. Yeah, but. They've been they've been always fighting the waters with the base. Both parties do it, right? 
And this this bill did not play well with the base. It didn't. As it was? Yeah. So you think he they, they felt like they were getting cheated, needed more, and so he just no, out of the blue no, comes I, I up with this like this is, that, that, that No, against my reading into his base was they, uh, that this wasn't needed because what's needed is to open up all the businesses again. So, so he had no. So, by vetoing the bill, he he wasn't going to damage his base because his base didn't even feel like this bill was necessary. That's amazing. <laughs> if you think about a lot of the people that make up his base, <laughs> if they don't think this is necessary, oh, oh, a, a lot of the people in his base could be affected by this positively whether it's 600 bucks or 2000 bucks or whether they're small business owners or you know what whatever it is do you think that any of this has to do with the runoffs coming up in georgia well that's interesting angle and i was just thinking about something i heard on the radio earlier today about how Purdue has been running these ads talking about all the additional money he's bringing to Georgia based on the new relief package. Yeah, he seized on it. <laughs> and, and, and there may not be anything. <laughs> and they have to decide whether they're going to take these ads off the air right now or not. <laughs> be, be, because if dumbass would have got involved in this say, uh, even a month ago, it would have only helped the two GOP dipshits in Georgia. But now, the way he's done it, I, I think it almost plays to the Democrats' benefit. Mm -hmm. Be because it's him kind of capitulating and saying, yeah, Nancy and uh, what's-his-face, they were right. <laughs> Chuck, Nancy and Chuck were right. We need more money. And, and it, it seems like the way he's doing it is like undermining those two in Georgia. That That's kind of how I see it. Right. No, ever, ever since they've been in the runoff, they have not know, they, they, they haven't figured out how to play off of Trump. Right. Voter fraud, no voter fraud. Right. Go to the polls. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about the. The fact that your vote might not count. Yeah, right. Votes don't count. I mean, it was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, when you, when you live in the world of, of Trump, be prepared to, you know, be in a constant cyclone of hypocrisy. <laughs> Fred, I think you are completely correct. On what? Just in general. No, oh, okay. Yeah, no. me too. That's normally how I see it. I, I think Trump's move is to completely undermine the Republican Party that has, for the most part, abandoned him at this point in time. You think he's trying to get back at the turtle? Yep. Absolutely. I think as, I think as soon as Mitch called Biden president-elect, he was looking for something, and this is it. Because what happens now is... They finally come to an agreement. Republicans have been fighting for less money 
per person, which they got by a lot. And then as soon as it passes, Trump comes out and says, I'm not signing that. You need to do $2,000. Pelosi and Schumer say, yes, we agree. Let's do this. We'll get this done as soon as possible. And what happens to the Republicans now? They either have to go through with this and you know people not get the money that they're asking for, or they have to side with Democrats, which makes them look weak. It has put Mitch in such a bad position. Hmm. It has driven a wedge in this party, I believe, because now you have the Trumpsters and you've got the Republicans. Which was bound to happen. Yes, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, but, but it has happened at other points in history during the Trump presidency and even going back as far as the Trump candidacy. So, mm-hmm. you know, but the, at the end of the day, they do seem to figure out a way to coalesce the two groups again. You know, maybe it's by yelling socialism and communism a bunch of times, but they do seem to, uh, to, to figure it out. Um, and, and will they figure it out this time? Because it's interesting. When I was r- reading a lot of comments on Breitbart Post regarding the COVID relief bill, guess who the, these numb nuts were blaming for the 600 bucks? Who? Nancy. Mm, of course. <laughs> they were blaming Nancy. Granny Nancy. I mean, I, it, it, that is remarkable, right? I mean, I mean, they, and, 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 you know, I mean, at that point you don't even engage, but that's who they were blaming for the, um, for the pork in the bill, as well as the weakness in the bill. Hey, Blado, question. And, and what's interesting, real, hold, hold your thought. And what's interesting is now that the house has come back and said, sure, we'll do 2000. We might even pass an addendum or another bill tonight, upping it to 2000. Uh, I, I haven't been able to circle back and see what the latest rationale is because that's always fun. <laughs> Your question? What does $600 let you buy? <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't get me a bottle of Pappy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, it probably gets me two nice bottles of Weller 12. I've never heard of that. Sounds fancy. Um, some say it's the closest thing you can get to Pappy uh, Van Winkle. Um, and many experts cannot tell the difference. Uh, it, I think the list price on Weller 12 is only like 29 or $39 or some, something super low like that. It's just not available. You, you, you know, when they, when they make it, it's all bought up, and then you got to go into the gray market to get it. All right. Well, I'm just going to keep sipping on my bright white over here. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I have been on a bourbon buying spree lately. <laughs> so, so much so, I'm hiding bottles from Pop Tart. <laughs> it's a good thing she doesn't listen. She and now she 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 brought home two bottles for me last night. 
Of what? Bourbon. What do you do with it all? Uh, drink it? It eventually gets drank, yes. But mm. <laughs> but that's after I just brought two bottles and I didn't even tell her. I, I, <laughs> I've, I've created a list. I've created a list of bourbons that I want. Did you check it twice? And, oh, I check it a lot. And, you know, it, it just becomes impatience. Like, you know, I don't, I don't need them now. But I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to fashion my bourbon buying into a hobby, call it. It's like, good to have hobbies. To be a collection kind of thing. Not so much, you know. Hey, Bean Dip came over the other night. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that that can never be good. Uh, no, he 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 polished, basically polished off uh, some old Forester uh, 1920 Prohibition that I had, which is uh, runs about sixty five bucks a bottle, and he treated it like Pepsi, <laughs> Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, keep going. Don't worry about it. He's like, this is really good. I mean, he's just chugging this stuff. You got to have a friend like the bean dip. (laughs) Yeah. I'll give you a little bit more on that during our break. doesn't need to be on the air. All right. You guys getting thirsty? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I polished off that bright white. So I'm interested in the next one. Ditto. So let's go to the Trove. Shit, I left my glass upstairs. <laughs> you slacker. I well, know. That, that, that may be okay in this situation. I noticed that. Because the next offering from the Trove here is the Ellison Brewing Company Tiramisu Stout. And it says right on the top of the can, drink fresh from the can. Okay, I guess I serendipitously stumbled into this. Maybe it's better from the aluminum can. Um, I don't see any disparaging remarks about Puerto Rico. (laughs) Um, Never forget that. There's not a lot here. Uh, 7% alcohol. Have have we done an Ellison Brewing before? I've never heard of Ellison Brewing. I've never heard of them either. That would be a no. But I will say, our They're good friend Brad at Wolverine had multiple samplings from Ellison. Really? Yep. Well, They're from East Lansing. I've never heard of them. Um, well, then that's good, and it's nice that we were all able to find this. I, I kind of figured we would find the, the winner bright white. Um. <coughs> But I uh, wasn't so sure we'd find this one. so I was I, very surprised. I found Ellison in a couple places. We were out Christmas shopping for food and stuff. And I, I was checking beer sources wherever I went today. And I saw it in a couple places, actually. And I'm like, I've never even seen this before. And what's with the gears? You know, that Seinfeld? Is that part of the regular logo? And then it, it doesn't relate to the tiramisu stout? I, I don't know. What does gears have to do with tiramisu? No, it, maybe it has to do with Ellison. Is kind of what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's just part of their um, 
branding. Huh. All right. So we don't know much about this beer, but it, it's ice cold right now, and uh, I'm ready to open the can and drink from the can. Um, I almost poured it. I'm glad you reminded me. Well, I, I'm going to pour mine. So we can get both, right? It's got a nice bouquet. I'm a chocolate guy, so I, I, I'm picking up chocolate. Well, you're also a tiramisu guy, if I seem to recall. I do love that. Yeah. A good tiramisu is yum. yum I actually though. thought you did a tiramisu beer one time when we were like split on beers. Mm, don't think so. Okay. Uh, pours very nicely. Not much in the way ahead. It is stout, stout, dark. Wow. You guys drinking it from the can. You're not getting this beautiful mahogany color. I mean. Well, shit, I might do half and half now. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Fred, you're out of luck. I'm going to go get my glass. I'll be <laughs> right back. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Naps, uh, have you had a taste or two yet? Uh, I have, actually, yes. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not really a big fan of it so far. Maybe it'll grow on me, but it's, it's a little... Bitter chocolate? It, it, not, it, it definitely leans dark chocolate. Yeah, I'm just I'm not getting much else out of it. I'm trying to get more tiramisu out of it. Um and maybe you know, maybe my 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 brain can tell me there's tiramisu in there. Um could I guess tiramisu if I didn't read the label? That's a tough one. I, I don't know that I would, but as with, you know, these, call them dessert beers, I'm always concerned that they're going to be too sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's why I will say that I, the, the thought of having a tiramisu beer in the past probably would not happen because I don't like sweet beers. I, uh, wouldn't, chew, I wouldn't pick it. Yeah, th- this one right now, for me, doesn't come across as too sweet. Nope, I agree. And uh, so initial reaction for me on this is pretty strong, actually, for, for me. I, I, I'm thinking to myself, I got three more of these, and I, I'm probably going to enjoy them. As of right now, it's a not for me. Well, I've been drinking from the can, and now it's in the glass. I don't see a difference. <laughs> Maybe maybe they just didn't want you to have to go get your glass. Yeah, it wasn't a matter of the way it was supposed to be drank. It's like don't bother getting the glass. But I'm actually kind of pleased with this in that this beer is not sweet because when you said you got a tiramisu, I'm like, uh a- after those two fruity IPAs that Nobs foist upon us, it's just like, oh, I can't take another sweet beer. Oh. But this is not too sweet. And it's got a little bit of a chocolate, bitter chocolate bitter bite chocolate. Yep. on the end of it. It's bitter chocolate, which I like. So I'm enjoying that part of it. So, so far, so good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of floating around on their website a little bit here. And I don't see anything that matches the gear branding of the can. And certainly... 
Tiramisu doesn't have anything to do with cogs. Well, it does. If you're from Ferrari. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't, you know, this is something that we have talked about more and more, uh, you know, in, in later episodes. Um, uh, and maybe it doesn't matter much, but I, this is another marketing miss for me. Like, I bought it because it said tiramisu and because we haven't done an Ellison Brewing. So, you know, mix it up a little bit there. I, I like the where it says, you know, with the tiramisu, it shows the forks instead of the eyes. And that is on brand. Um, Makes sense. Right. Uh, and, and the font kind of reminds me of uh, sort of an Italian menu. But, yeah, I don't, I don't get the gears at all. But that's that's all right. I, I'm I'm still liking this beer, and I know I'm going to drink those other three. I know it. Yeah, so far I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. They Let's... also do some spirits. I see on their website they they do a, a whiskey and a vodka, gin and a rum. No bourbon, eh? Um, and I bet you they're awful. <laughs> Judgmental. Uh, it's well, they, they their whiskey they call a bourbon whiskey, but you know, it, it's easy to make uh, spirits. It's hard to make good ones. Um. Which is why, you know, older makers um, kind of dominate the market because it takes a long time. One, it takes a long time to perfect your barrels, your aging barrels. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Ellison was making, you know, rye whiskey, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago where the barrels have aged that uh, that long. Can I interrupt again? Yeah. I think Jared Kushner's dad got a pardon too. <laughs> he did. I saw that. Uh, I didn't know the guy was still in jail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. I, mean, I knew he was in jail, and I, but I didn't know he was still in jail. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I... So what do you think Chris Christie will say about that? About what? Kushner? He put he put Kushner in jail. I don't know what to think about that guy. I, I think Chris Christie and, and not and nor do I care. Okay, so you know, preface that right away. But I think he's gonna be upset. That's where I think Barb McQuaid kind of told a fib to me if you you recall when i asked her about getting a little pissed as a prosecutor that you go through all the work and then they do something like this and, and she made the comment that you know she just does her job and she, she doesn't take it personal and, and, and i didn't quite believe that mm, yeah I would think if I was, you know, 
a federal prosecutor and you go through all this rigmarole to get somebody and you pin them down and you, you get the conviction, if someone overturns it like this, you're going to be pissed. Sorry. It's human nature. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, and, and you, you know, you don't prosecute these folks, uh, for you. The reason you prosecute them is because they, you know, they have flouted the law and, um, you know, you've taken maybe, maybe not that personally, but you've taken it, you know, to support, you know, the rule of law. Yeah, it's your job. And, um, just to have it done with a swipe of a pen like that, yeah. Undone with a swipe of a pen is, uh, and and you know someone like Chris Christie was very proud of his time as as a prosecutor, and you know um, he went after some big fish, uh, kind of like Giuliani at the time. It's it's poetic that the. SDNY is the <laughs> the district going after Giuliani, considering he used to run it. <laughs> Poetic uh, justice. Yeah. yeah. But it won't matter because he's going to get pardoned. So all for naught. Hey, let's talk about something else. Yeah. We're rocking cultural now, and I apologize about the Kushner thing. So lead us in there. <laughs> It's like half a segue, and it just... I know. No, I was trying to hand it back to you. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about Chuck Connors. Do you... Yeah, the Rifleman, Knobs Connors. Knobs uh, Connors. Connors. <laughs> uh, yeah, like so, let me... let me Okay, let me ask you, uh, Knobs, do, do you feel like, to a certain extent... Today, you were exer exercising your Second Amendment rights? Absolutely, I was. You know, by going out and shooting protesters? <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was shooting clay pigeons. <laughs> okay, so, no, but, okay. You, you said absolutely, but I want to delve into that a little bit more. So, do you... Are you going okay. to? The, 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 the guy that's walking the guy that's walking through the Walmart parking lot okay with his AR slung over his shoulder right and his sidearms tied to his hips right and and he thinks that you know some terrorist is gonna come to you know his little podunk town and create a stir and he's there to keep the peace or keep the commies and the socialists and the Democrats at bay or whatever. He's really believing he is exercising his Second Amendment rights. But if you're just out shooting clay pigeons or even if you're hunting or whatever, do you really feel like that's part of what you're doing? Or, or do you feel like it's just a sport? Seriously. It, it, honestly, it's us both. Okay. Uh, I, like, do you feel... The, the Second Amendment is so wide and broad that it can apply to all those scenarios. Uh, no, it can yes. No, yes. No, yes. No, no, no. You have the right to bear arms, which means you have the right to shoot clay pigeons. 
And, and so while you're shooting these poor defenseless pigeons, uh, are you thinking, wow, I can't do this in places like Germany or, you know, Lithuania or other places that don't have a Second Amendment? I'll tell you it's a lot easier here, yes. Uh, places like the UK and Sweden and I think Norway – you have to apply for a shotgun license and then actually, one, have a reason to go out and purchase it. That's part of the application process. And then, two, prove that you're using it for that reason. So one of the reasons can be for sporting purposes. And I think it's Norway. If you use that reason, you have to then join a sporting club and prove that you've participated X number of times within a year's span. Hmm. So there's a lot more to it in the uh, European countries that so, we don't have here. So maybe, okay, you bring up some good points. So maybe something that I have not considered when it comes to Second Amendment rights is without having the right even recreational usage becomes more problematic. Yes, it absolutely would be. Maybe. 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 Sure. But, but, I'll, but, I'll retract that. Total maybe, yes. But the, but the point is taken that maybe is still in the realm of possibility. Like, yeah. You know? Because if we really wanted to reduce the amount of firearms in the U.S., then it could lead to, well, what are you doing with yours? And then how do you regulate that? Like like Norway does or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're using yours to shoot, you know, clay pigeons, which I don't know what species of pigeon really that it really is, but then, uh, you know, you have to prove that somehow. I have, I have shot, I, I I have shot skeet. It's a good time. I uh, I had a half work day today, so I took a friend of mine who was curious about uh, guns in particular, and we. So if he liked pistols and long rifles, is he bi curious? <laughs> I did use the term gun curious today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. And uh, yeah, so we got together and we drove down to a, a local range and I had some skeet and some shells and we busted a few of them and had a really good time. Uh, so I'm sure you are an excellent shot, but as the first, as a first timer, how did the first timer do? Honestly, he did very, very good. Yeah, I you just got to lead him. That's all. I just got to lead him. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit more to it than that, but that is the majority of it. But. I, I mean, I shot skeet off of back a cruise ship. Uh, Todd, Margo. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez, check your privilege, man. <laughs> a long time ago, okay? A long time. That's the only time. Penny Whistle, load up those clay pigeons. <laughs> that was just such We're going to be crack. doing some shooting today. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> got G's bringing him his bourbon. Isaac. <laughs> yeah, Isaac. Uh, <laughs> sure. 
you just flew way over Knob's head. Uh, Isaac, so. an, 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 another old fashioned, please. The love boat. But, but, anyway, that's the only time I've ever shot ski. And I didn't find it as difficult as what I thought. Like, I, I did pretty well. They were, were you using a, uh, a mechanical thrower? Yes. I, yes. Okay. Yeah. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah. You and did they, that they, on and they had moved ship? all the rest of the passengers up to the bow. They, like, it, was, it was a big. <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of listing, actually, a little bit because <laughs> once they handed me the gun, people scurried. <laughs> they they were doing that on a cruise ship, really? I, I believe they still do. Huh. Yeah. It's a, it's a popular uh, side thing to do on many cruise ships. Uh, unless they've stopped it for some kind of, you know, environmental reason. I don't know. I've been on a couple cruises, and, and if I was put in that position with that gun, I might turn on the reggae band and say, Stop that! <laughs> Yeah, no, right, right off the back of the ship. They had the little launcher and, you know, you just. That sounds like fun. I would 100% do that. But you got to go on a cruise first. Well, maybe one day I'll go on a cruise like Blotto here. Um, but anyway, uh, so uh, you, you, you asked if it was a mechanical thrower um, knobs versus uh a manual one, which is what, just like somebody like just chucking it out there. Yeah, so I don't. I'm not that fancy, obviously. Uh, so I just, have a, I just have a hand thrower, which is just a plastic wand type thing, and the skate goes in one end, and you just whip it forward, and it flies up in the air. Um. So. So like, is it like one of those things you put the tennis ball in for the dog? Yep. Very similar to that, yes. Yes, that's a good analogy. Okay. So there's a lot of you know, human variables in that and how you throw it. Whereas a machine is going to do it the same speed and height pretty much every single time. Plus the machine also gives the skeet some air, air time. Mm-hmm. Where I... I I'm trying to imagine the hand-throwing device, the manual thing, just being so weird, so unpredictable. It, it's uh, very unpredictable. The, the shooter really has no idea where it's going to go. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm, you know, a, a strong proponent of, you know, better regulation of our militia. Uh, but um, I absolutely would enjoy going out and shooting uh, clay pigeons again. Well, we should absolutely do a bottoms up road trip to the range. Um, so I, I quickly Googled uh, cruise ships and skeet shooting. And uh, cruisehabit.com came up with an, a piece called Five things we no longer see on cruise ships. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, oh, too bad, Todd. <laughs> and num- number one is uh, skeet shooting or trap shooting. 
<laughs> and it's kind of funny. It says, it's not hard to understand why cruise lines don't want to hand loaded guns over to random passengers walking away from pool bars. But <laughs> this wasn't always the case. <laughs> yeah, I see their point. For many years, a popular onboard activity was skeet shooting. Hell yeah, I got the drink package and I'm going to shoot some skeet. <laughs> This after I after I do the wave pool, so when when I did it, it was probably like 1992 or 93 or something like that. Maybe even maybe even before that. This usually did, took place. Did you, were you using the Dick Cheney rules? <laughs> uh, where where faces weren't off limits. That's exactly right. <laughs> If that skeet's if that skeet's heading towards the bridge, I'm still shooting. <laughs> it's hooking back round, everybody down. Uh, this usually took place towards the aft of the ship, the back. Uh, manned by an officer, guests uh, a man by an officer, guests could pay a few dollars and try their hand at shooting clay pigeons out of the air as they sailed over the ocean. Obviously, when this activity was going on, everyone knew it as the sound of shotgun blasts tends to stand out on the serene Caribbean cruise. <laughs> I was telling Nobbs uh, earlier that I come from a shooting family. My dad and my oldest brother, big time uh, skeet shooters. They shot every week. They belong to a club and all that kind of thing. And uh, I shot a little bit when I was young. Uh, trap, never towers. Have you ever uh, shot towers or trap, Blatto? Or just uh, off are, the are towers like the stands? No, no, no. Towers are like um, towers. They're taller buildings, and they're usually ones to the right of you, ones to the left of you, and, and you're you stand in the, in the middle. And then the the right will go, the left will go, and then they'll both go. And so you'll have two in the air at the same time. It's just different ability ability levels of shooting, I guess. I don't know. But trap is is a, a short, small, I don't know, almost ground level propellant of the clay pigeons. That's the only thing I ever shot. Well, there, there was also something that was popular for a while. Um, I think they called it sporting clays. Uh, I don't where know. you went from like station to station. It might just be variations on the way that the, the clay pigeon was sent into the air. No, like you didn't stay in one spot. So you would... You know they were they were set up in wooded areas, fields in wooded areas, and like you would, you know, you'd go to one stand, and and then you know you would shoot at some clay pigeons, and then you would like march through the woods to the next spot, and so you you had you had a different scenery and a different set of circumstances. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. I haven't done that, but yeah, each stand has uh, the. Skate throwers set a little bit differently, so they're coming from different angles and speeds and et cetera. Um, Some might be like going directly above you or towards you or left to right, mm -hmm. different heights and shit. Yeah. 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 I think um, um, 
one of our, our regular um, guests, uh, Hefty, has done that, sporting clays. I think, I think that's what they're called. But I, 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 I don't know. I maybe if I did it more often, I, I would still I, I would feel like I'm exercising my my Second Amendment <laughs> rights. But I don't I don't really think I would. Yeah, I, I've always made that delineation between the Second Amendment and like hunting. You know. And I've never even considered much in the way of of uh, clay shooting. What do because you normally, when you get into conversations about Second Amendment rights and gun rights, it's never about hunting. No, it's always about self defense and militias, right? Yeah. Do, do, you, do you want knobs? And, and maybe I should know this already. I mean, you know. Do I? What's your question? Do you hunt? I used to uh, when I was a teenager, but I haven't been in quite a while. Any particular reason? I never got into it. it it's never really my thing to go out and slay an animal. Mm. Uh, I, I certainly don't, I don't look down upon it. I'll say that though. I think there's certainly good reasons to do it, whether for providing for your family or Population control, uh, yeah, or just even as a sport generally. I mean, I mean, the animal rights activists, you know, give an argument of there's lots of other options, and and there are, but again, you know, as as a bleeding heart liberal, I've 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 got so much, you know, so many other things to worry about. <laughs> what what have you have you been to a shooting range? Who are you asking? Nah. You've been, right? That's that's where I was today, technically. No, no, no. You're, but you're shooting pigeons. No, I just mean shooting for shooting. Well, there's a handgun range, too, so yes. So that part I don't quite understand. And and that's where the liberal, that, that's the liberal of me that would say find a different hobby. Of target practicing? Yeah. I don't get it. I think that part, to me at least, is less about target practicing and more about practicing self-defense. Okay, but, you know, we could get into the odds of you ever having to, you know, utilize that art of self-defense, and so therefore it kind of makes you paranoid uh, on a certain level. And I, and I, I mean, I'm not, I, you know, I, I've been invited to do so. Uh, and the only reason I declined because I felt like the whole thing was going to be like completely unregulated. <laughs> at a gun range? No, it was not at a game, gun range. It was at somebody's property. Oh, okay. Well, then and, you yeah, you know, and it was uh, a, a bunch of um, Filipinos that love their guns. And if you're not familiar with Filipinos, do love their guns. I mean, I didn't know that. Hopefully that doesn't get me in trouble. I will say that my views on self-defense have changed over the last year or so. 
in regards to firearms. Because of because we started podcasting? <laughs> yeah, we are wanted by so many other podcasts right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because, you know, we're wanted now, right? I mean, yes. because we speak truth to power. And Joe Rogan himself has a bounty on us. <laughs> Trying to take us down. Uh, but and, and and so when I was invited to go uh, because of this gal I was dating, and she was like, "Yeah, we're all going over to, you know, I don't know, Sammy's place to go shoot guns. You should come along." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, well, first she asked me if I wanted to go shooting. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I've never done that before. You know, like to try new experiences, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as I got more details, she's like, oh, yeah, we just go to Sammy's place, you know, up so-and-so. And I'm like, it's not like a gun range. And she's like, oh, no, no, but it's fine. It's safe. And, you know, we just, you know, bring our guns and there's like a table and you get to pick up a gun and shoot it. I'm like, is this like a place or no? She's like, no, no, it's private property. I would say that's where the majority of target practice slash shooting takes place. I would say so too, because why pay, right? To go to a range. That's completely within the norm. And have all those rules. Uh, And I got to say that kind of weirded me out. I would probably be very cautious unless I knew them. And in your case, you didn't know them. So I I don't think I could blame you for not going. You know, it was, uh, I I was, uh, and and this was, you know, before Pop-Tart. So I'm okay to say this, but I was at her place and I was going to spend the night or I, was spending the night and so i climbed into her bed and uh i reached under my pillow like putting my head you know my hands behind my head and sure enough there was something very heavy and metal underneath my pillow (laughs) and i I mean i knew exactly what it was Uh uh-huh sure uh uh and uh, I said, hey, you know, there's something under my pillow. <laughs> and she said, That's oh, I thought... <laughs> she said, oh, I thought you would sleep on the other side of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be under her pillow. <laughs> a few things that could have actually been. I got to tell you. Know. I, I got to tell you, I'm just really not into guns because she asked me if I wanted to see it. And I'm like, no, no, just leave it where it is. That's fine. We're good. I had I had no curiosity about it whatsoever. That's fair. They're not for everyone. Yeah. I, I grew up with them, so I'm very, very familiar and comfortable around them. Handguns. Uh, everything? Well, no, like if she would have had a shotgun underneath the pillow. <laughs> I thought you were asking me what I was comfortable with. Well, be, because I'm, I'm fine around, 
you know, shotguns and rifles and sporting things like that. So Long I, guns. I, you know, yeah, thanks. Yep. Except for ARs, but but that you know, you know, it, it was just the idea of the handgun. Is I, I don't want to say I'm not comfortable around it, but yeah, that's maybe one way to characterize it. I just didn't have any curiosity. Like she wanted to show this thing off. You're not a bum stock, bro. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I, she may have been disappointed that I wasn't interested in it. She should have shot you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, man, you're wasting her time. Well, I, you know what? You, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I really you had to think about it, didn't you? <laughs> I, I really had to think about that incident when I decided to break it off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is she still single, by the way? <laughs> Sheila, I, I, I'm not sure this is working out, uh, but you know, give me a day's start. <laughs> Blotto, you said something earlier, though. I want to, I want to ask you about what's wrong with an AR. It's not necessary. Why not? <laughs> no, no. The question is, why are they? Sporting. No, come on. Proud Boys. Yeah, yeah, they're necessary for that, I suppose. Yeah. You know. I mean, I mean, me, me, and I didn't really want to turn this conversation. I think we've done a pretty good job of keeping it away from the gun control conversation, right? For the most part, yeah, we danced around it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. You know, because this was supposed to be social. Yeah. Just the idea of whether or not we would enjoy recreational and sporting shooting. And even if that meant handguns. And when it comes, you know, I, I mean, again, as progressive as I am, I would never take away uh, the right for someone to own a handgun to protect their property. Never. I think after seeing a I, lot of the stuff happen in the last year, I would actively encourage someone to look into seeing if owning a gun suits their lifestyle. Uh, I would say I wouldn't go that far, but okay. But, but there's but a anyway, lot of people I, who are being attacked currently. There's not a lot of people being themselves. attacked though. That's the funny thing. What? <laughs> you are out of your mind, Blotto. As a percent, it's, it, to me, I just, I'm always looking at the math, you know, and in some areas it's more likely than others but still, the the chances of a home invasion with the intent to do bodily harm is infinitesimal. It is zero when you round up to the nearest hundredth. You're narrowing it down to a home invasion. Well, <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Um. But I was just saying, okay, I, I wasn't going there, and you were. I was just saying that I still, given that, even though I still feel like it is a rare circumstance where you would need to protect yourself with the handgun, I still support the idea. If, if, if that's what helps you sleep at night and it is properly controlled within your home and all those other goodies that go along with good gun regulation. More power to you. Sure. That's fair. 
Except for limiting it to handguns. Well, <laughs> what does that mean? You limit it to handguns. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, a handgun sucks. You should have a shotgun. And it should be sawed off, too. <laughs> I will say this. I, I do not enjoy practicing with a handgun. It's, that's not fun to me. What kind of handgun do you have anyways? Uh, I have a Glock. A 9 mil? Yeah, just 9 mil. You're a Nilla with a 9. Yeah, just a real basic 9 mil. <laughs> yeah. How many pounds on the trigger? I think it's about five. Hmm. I never, you know, tested it myself, but that's what I've read. They're about five, five and a half. See, when I think about that, that gun under the under the pillow, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad it wasn't real, <laughs> real, real twitchy. You know, <laughs> hopefully there's some sort of safety on it or something else. Oh, who knows? I, there, but, I don't even yeah, know. You don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I believe it was a, a a heavier caliber. If I recall, I think she told me it was like you know bazooka, an, an elephant stopper. Yeah, <laughs> she has a desert eagle under her pillow. Yeah, <laughs> shoulder mounted uh, rocket, <laughs> Harry Callahan. Uh, perhaps so you guys, what? What'd you guys think of the beer? Uh, I think the seven percent is fantastic. It kind of grew on me. It's a meh. I, I got to go for me on both these. I, 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 I got no reason to say that I, I wouldn't have these again. I'll enjoy the rest of my fridge, but I wouldn't seek them out again. Um. I, I actually might seek out the tiramisu because it, you know, even the more I drank it, it still seems more like a basic stout to me. A little bit of chocolate, maybe some of their some of that coffee in there too. Yeah, there is a hint of coffee, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There, there almost always is with these chocolate stouts. I, I don't think it's put in there on purpose. I think it just comes out with the roast. It might. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all right. It grew on me, like I said. But I wouldn't seek it out. I wouldn't order it again. But over the next few days, I might see myself having another one or two. What choice do you have? I could go the couple hundred feet to the local store. <laughs> eh, it costs money. It does. It does. And I've spent it's a lot of ammo today exercising my Second Amendment rights. Hey, is, is ammo still hard to get? Oh my God, Blotto. Yes. See, it's for not being. Thank you, Trumpsters. Okay, but see, see, for not knowing, for not being a gun nut, I know a lot about guns. Right? You know that the average Joe Boy would know that it's difficult to get ammo. You know that ammo is scarce during a pandemic. No, I... <laughs> and riots and the election year. <laughs> Sorry, I had to give you a hard time. And when we have King George in the oral office. Well, wait, Fred, did you know that ammo is scarce? Yes. 
Because all the whack jobs are buying it up, so there's a shortage of it. All the militia, all the people that want a civil war, like all our buddies. Well, all the whack jobs are buying it up. There's not a shortage. <laughs> there's more to that story, though. I'm actually glad you brought that up, Fred. Just this year alone, there were 7 million new gun owners, most of them Democrats. Hmm. They forgot to buy the ammo, I'll bet. Well, that was kind of the thing. There was uh, one of the presidents of the one of the ammo manufacturers, Federal Ammo, released a video just very recently uh, who was like, hey, there's 7 million new people. And if they each buy X number of ammo of bullets, that's like a billion extra bullets that we have to produce just to accommodate that. A billion extra in one year is a lot. So that's that's why there's a lot of shortage. One, there's people like in the militias that are hoarding it, all the new gun owners, and it just kind of builds upon itself. So yeah, ammo is very scarce and expensive right now. Now for a while, um, home ownership of guns was going down. So less homes had guns in them. Gun purchases were going up, which meant that the people that have guns were buying more guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not quite sure how the seven million factors into the overall piece as a you know percent, but that would be kind of you know contradictory to that stat, right? If there's seven million more gun new gun owners that would probably mean seven million more gun homes right yeah um, thereabouts yeah so you know I, I don't know what the what what the trend on that is I, I know that a couple of years ago that was the trend that the guns that were being purchased the vast majority of guns that were being purchased were being purchased by people that have more than one Trumpsters yeah you know and I, you know, that's that's part of where the curiosity to me is when it comes to gun ownership. Like, why do people want to own so many? I mean, I mean, they could say to me, "Well, why do you want to own so many bottles of bourbon?" Right? But <laughs> that makes perfect sense, though. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the only person I'm going to hurt is Bean Dip, <laughs> and and maybe his wife <laughs> for, for for dragging her ass out. <laughs> Uh, all right. And okay, so Matt, where did you finish up on these? Uh, Matt for both. Matt and Matt and Frederico. I was Matt on that white thing and uh, for me on the second one. All right. Not bad. You know, I, I for a while there it looked like maybe we were going to get together, then the pandemic on the rise and the holidays. But I got to tell you this before we sign off, and I think you guys have been through it. Getting beers is not as fun as it used to be. It's stressful now. It is so stressful. It is stressful when you have like an hour to go and find the beers, yes. And and, and you're also trying to think of, will you know what I mean? 
Well, the, the other guy to find it. Yes, right. That that's what makes it stressful. It's, uh, you know, if 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 there are so many great beers that I want to bring in to Potoms Up, mm-hmm. and we want you to bring them too. But y- you guys wouldn't find them. Yeah, that's sure. exactly how I feel too. The, yeah. the store that I shop at has so many beers. But I know Knobs probably is not going to find them. And I, I'm not singling you out. It's just a fact. That's just well, a we way. know that there's different distributors up this way, too. Right, right. That That's why. So. Yeah. Um, and, and someone said to me, well, why don't you guys, you know, how, how hard is it to just, you know, make the drives and get together and swap the beers? And it's like. It's more of a pain in the ass than you think because a lot of times they're not purchased until close to doing the podcast. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like we're driving by and going out all that much anyway. And this was from, a, from coming from a guy who hasn't left his house since April. <laughs> so, you know, I was, it, it, it sounds like it would be more doable for us to uh, – um, you know, pass these beers around, but it's, it's, it's just not that practical. You know, it would be cheaper just to like UPS them to each other. <laughs> Again, that all takes like work and forethought. Oh, God, you're right. That is a lot of work. All righty. I've had well, enough. In, in better news, I did get one of my vaccine shots the other day. So this should all be going away. Hopefully soon. Like hey. magic, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Easter. Speaking- Speaking of that, though, uh, I'm curious, okay, uh, why did you get a vaccine shot this early? Like, how did you rate? Apparently very high. Okay, other than that answer. Uh, no, I held a gun to someone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's uh, what you're used for. Okay, I get it. Uh, no, I my job may be government, but it is healthcare government. So, um, and I did ask, I was like, Hey, like this is a lot sooner than I would expect. Is there enough for all of the nurses, the frontline workers, everyone to get it in this building first? And they're like, yes, we have enough. You're vital to what we do. You help keep us running. You're allowed to get it. I mean, you're like one of a million. Yeah, no, like... There's only been a million people vaccinated so far. I fully recognize that it was like Pence, Biden, me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think I got it before AOC. You might have got it before Fauci. When did Fauci get his? His might have been today, actually. Yeah, when he went on TV and did it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, no, uh, yeah, I'm one of uh, the very... I'm with the 1% in the U.S., I guess I'll put it that way. Um, but, but no, I do feel a little weird about that, to be honest. But I asked several people who were passing. I was like, you have enough. If there's not enough, please let me know. I will give up my spot to someone. And they said, no, we have enough. Get in line. So I took advantage of it. Yeah, no, I mean, so, you know, in... in- Somehow your municipality that you work for, you know, was on the list of municipalities to to get it, Mm -hmm. you know. 
So I'm sure they had enough for for everyone within the local government that they deemed as essential. Um, uh, you know, so yeah, you, you asked the right question, but um, I'm, I'm not surprised that they they said, oh, you know, you know, it, it's okay. Everyone else is going to be able to get their vaccine here. Mm-hmm. But I was still surprised that your municipality was that high on the list. That that you know, not you in particular, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know how that was decided. Mm-hmm. I don't know that details at all. But Gretchen yeah, we, we, did it to f somebody over in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> f you, Trump. That's right from Gretchen. Uh, well, we're a very red county, so I'm not sure that pans out. Oh, Gretchen was thinking. <laughs> Got a four She's four. reaching across the aisle. Yeah. All right. All right. That's a topic for the next show. Okay, guys. Wonderful show. Yep. Lots of fun. Bottoms up. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up. Oh. Out. Out. Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Bottoms up